Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Girlfriend's Guide to Sports podcast. My name is Claire Coles, and this is your weekly update. It's Monday, March 6th. Let's start with what you missed over the last week, then we'll move on to what to watch this upcoming week in the world of sports. Okay, so thank you for bearing with me as I had two weeks that I was on a Tuesday randomly, and last week I had um, no voice. So thanks for bearing with me. We are back to regularly scheduled programming, and it is the first of the month. So that means we are going to start with coming up this month. So there are Power 5 basketball tournaments this week. I will go over those in extreme detail in the what to watch this upcoming week as well. The World Baseball Classic between Japan, Taiwan, and the United States also begins this week on March 8th. The Players Championship for Golf and the PGA Tour is March 9th. World Short Track Speed Skating starts on March 10th. March Madness begins on March 14th, so be sure you have those brackets filled out before then. The Women's begins on the 15th. Figure Skating World Championships will begin on March 22nd. MotoGP season finally begins March 26th. NCAA Gymnastics Regionals, so we are now in the postseason, which I will also get to later in the podcast, that begins March 29th. And MLB season opener starts on March 30th. And finally, rounding it out for this month, the Women's Basketball Final Four begins March 31st, so the very last day of the month. So we're going to go ahead and skip straight to NBA basketball as we have a lot to go over this week. So John Morant has been suspended for at least two games after showing a gun in a nightclub on social media on Friday. He is already under scrutiny for two other security concerns. It is illegal to possess a gun under the influence of alcohol, and the NBA prohibits possessing a firearm while on team property, which he was not, and while traveling on team business, which we believe he was. He was he is under investigation now, and like I said, according to the team head coach, they are respecting Jaws basically reevaluation of pretty much his life and life decisions. So he will at least miss two games. The Knicks outlasted the Celtics in a double overtime thriller on Sunday night. The Knicks won 131 to 129. Emmanuel quickly had a career high night of 38 points. He actually replaced starter Jalen Brunson. This win was the ninth in a row for the New York team, which was a season high streak. And also, just to follow up on a story from last week, Kevin Durant did indeed debut for the Suns on Wednesday, came out swinging, scoring 23 points in his first game back in over two months. Moving along to NCAA basketball, and we're going to be here for a while. Not because there were a lot of losses, but this is also the last, this was the last week of the regular season. So regular season champions have, have, or are being crowned currently, but I'll get to that after the losses, but there's not that many this week, especially compared to who, how many played Tuesday only saw two upsets with number 18, San Diego state falling to Boise state and Iowa destroyed number 15, Indiana 90 to 68. Number 22, TCU, had a great start to the week, beating number nine, Texas, by two, and the fans stormed the court. However, on Saturday, the Horned Frogs lost to Oklahoma by 14. 
Number 19, Xavier beat their ranked conference rival, number 20, Providence, by five. A 13 and 17 Ohio State beat number 21 Maryland by 11. The Terps lost again on Sunday to unranked Penn State by one as well. Number 23 Kentucky fell to Vanderbilt. Number 25 Pitt tried to come back from a low scoring first half. They only scored 28 points with a second half 53 points, but it wasn't enough to beat an 11 and 19 Notre Dame team. Then there were no upsets until Saturday. Number two, Alabama only scored 22 points and lost to number 24, Texas A&M, in a lower scoring game, 67 to 61. Number nine, Texas had a nice bounce back win over number three, Kansas, as they fought for the Big 12 regular season title. Number four, UCLA took down number eight, Arizona, and ended the conference season 17-0 at home. Congrats. Number seven, Baylor fell to Iowa State, 58-73. to Number 11, Kansas State fell to West Virginia, making the Big 12, frankly, a mess after this week. Auburn beat number 12, Tennessee, by nine. Number 16, Miami beat number 25, Pitt, and their fans stormed the court as that solidified them the ACC regular season championship. Number 20, Providence also took their second loss of the week, being upset by Seton Hall on Saturday by 24 points. Yikes. So, like I said, there were regular season champions that were crowned all week, and I am only going to stick to the Power Five because, frankly, I am one person and I can't cover everything. (laughs) So, starting with Purdue, who won their 25th Big Ten regular season conference championship. UCLA also beat Colorado on Sunday to tie taking home the first Power Five regular season championship. The Kansas Jayhawks clinched the title on Wednesday after Texas lost to TCU, even though the Jayhawks lost to Texas later in the week. Alabama won SEC's championship on Wednesday after they took down Auburn. Miami sealed the final Power Five conference after beating number 25 Pitt on Saturday. So also getting to kind of the craziness is it is conference championship week. So this is the conference championship tournament. So you're going to have a regular season champ and then you have a tournament champion. Not necessarily the same because again, as we know, March madness, March creates madness. So you can lose in the conference tournament and you're out. It is one loss and out. So not always the same champion. So that will be this week. I will go over that in what to watch this upcoming week. Also in NCAA men's basketball news, Texas Tech men's basketball coach has been suspended the week of Big 12 tournament for racially insensitive comments. He has been put under investigation and more and more is coming out about that story. A little bit of college football news. Georgia defensive lineman Jalen Carter has been arrested for drag racing while drinking and driving. The ensuing crash that he caused killed two, a teammate and a staffer. Staffer LaCroix was drunk and was driving one car and Carter was driving the other. And they basically were racing each other down the street. This is the second time Carter has been charged with speeding once in September for going double the speed limit, which was like, which means he was going 90 Moving along to golf, because we had a busy weekend in the PGA Tour, we had two tournaments, and we had a new PGA Tour winner in both events on the tour this weekend. For those of you who don't know a ton about golf, we kind of expect that from the Puerto Rico Open, as that's kind of where 
You've got an invitational on the other side in the Arnold Palmer Invitational. So that takes a lot of that really top tier talent, leaving potentially a new rookie or a someone who's never won before to win that event. So that's pretty typical. But to get that at the Arnold Palmer Invitational is impressive. Kurt Kitayama has played on the Asian Tour, the Web.com, which is a, now the Coin Ferry Tour, the PGA Tour Canada, the PGA Tour China, the Asian Development Tour, and the European Tour before he got to the PGA Tour. And that is all since he turned pro in 2015. He is now a champion of one of the biggest events on the PGA Tour, beating the field with 2022 Arnold Palmer Invitational winner Scotty Scheffler, 2020 winner Victor. Victor Hovland, Rory McIlroy, and Jordan Spieth, who were all within spitting distance. So congratulations, Kurt. That is a huge W for you. Also, with the Puerto Rico Open, like I said, we saw a rookie winner in Colombian Nico Echeverria. Nico won by two shots over Akshay Bhatia, and this is he is just the third Colombian ever to win on the PGA Tour. This win gets him into the Players' Championship this weekend, a two-year exemption on the PGA Tour, and into the PGA Championship. He actually lives near TPC Sawgrass, which is where the Players' Championship is this weekend, so he will now be able to play rather than watching from his house. There was actually a lot of Olympic news this week as well, and a huge shout out for Team USA because an American took the 500-meter speed skate world title at the age of 18th, so now Jordan Soltz is the youngest world single distance champ ever. He won the 500 meter in 34.10, winning by 0.38 seconds, beating the defending world champ and the defending Olympic bronze medalist. And that was just the beginning. He went on not only to win the 500 meter, but also the 1000 meter and the 1500 meter, becoming the first individual to win three single world championships. In the 500 and the 1000, he skated the second fastest time in history. That is a big jump for him since his Olympic finish, where he finished 13th and 14th place. On the flip side of that coin, Katie Ledecky's nine-year winning streak on U.S. soil is now over, thanks to Canadian 16-year-old Summer McIntosh. Summer touched the wall first in the 200-meter free at the Pro Series in Florida over the past weekend. The last time Katie Ledecky lost on home soil was back in 2014 to fellow American Allison Schmidt. As a huge swimming fan, it's not super surprising that Katie would lose the 200 meter of any of her disciplines. That is usually her weakest event on the schedule. She tends to be a longer distance girl, not really those short distances. So we knew the 200 meter was always going to be that struggle for her. And it turns out this was just when her luck ran out. But nine years is a long streak. Going back to good news, Jesse Diggins became the first American to win an individual cross-country skiing world championship title in the 10K race on Tuesday. She won by 14 seconds and is the first person not from Europe to win since 2017. You might remember her name from the best finish by an American ever in an Olympics in Beijing when she took second. It was also the final days of the NCAA women's gymnastics regular season. It actually ended today between Oklahoma and number two, Michigan. But this weekend was a big test for the Sooners as they hosted formally number two, Florida, who 
they beat in the NCAA championship last year. So it was actually a rematch of NCAAs. Between the two programs, the schools have won seven of the last nine NCAA championships, nine of the last 10 NCAA NCAA all-around champs have been from either school, and both have been in the top four in nine of the last 10 seasons. It was an awesome meet. I watched the whole thing. Oklahoma outscored the Gators by 0.2, setting the tone in the first two rounds. There was a super scary moment, though, during the vault when Florida gymnast Victoria Nugent slipped and actually fell on her head. The entire stadium, which was a record-setting attendance, actually fell completely silent, but she was okay. Like I said, it was a great matchup to set set the scene for the postseason that starts next week. Oklahoma actually fell to Michigan today on Monday. Michigan got into the magic 198 point number. That means like the total score cumulative and the Sooners have averaged over 198 this season, but they missed it today. So Michigan actually upsets the Sooners on Monday. Also, a quick finishing note, the first Paris Olympic tickets dropped this week, and apparently there's been some trouble because there were supposed to be tickets for about $26, but not really in that first round. You really didn't see it. Three million tickets have already been sold, so they are heading on to the next lottery pool, and guess who got in the first lottery pool? That's right, your girls. So I will officially be attending the Paris Olympics in 2024. That wraps up what happened over the last week. Now let's go on to what to watch this upcoming week in the world of sports. We have a lot of softball games on TV this week um, and actually no NCAA baseball games, but I, again, only go over ranked versus ranked matchups on normal scheduled TV. So really, we don't have any games that I want to highlight until Saturday. Saturday, we do have number 21 Auburn at number 16 Georgia. They will play at 11 a.m. on SEC Network followed by number 16, Kentucky, at 23, Mizzou. They will play at 1 on SEC. That will be game 2 of a three-game matchup for those two teams. Later that night, we have number 25, Texas A&M, at number 7, Arkansas. They play at 7 p.m. on SEC Network. Then on Sunday, we have that third and final matchup between number 16, Kentucky, and number 23, Mizzou. They will play again at 1 p.m., and you can again watch that on SEC Network. For the NBA, as we are getting closer to the end of season, Tuesday, the 76ers at the Timberwolves at 6.30 on TNT, followed by the Grizzlies at the Lakers at 9. On Wednesday, catch the Mavericks at the Pelicans at 6.30 on ESPN. That is 7th versus 9th in the West, so a big showdown there. The Raptors at the Pelicans at 9 on ESPN, and that is number 9 in the East versus number 8 in the West, so ought to be a good matchup as well. Thursday, catch the Warriors at the Grizzlies at 6.30 on TNT. Then the Knicks, again, they're on that huge tear at the Kings at 9 p.m. on TNT. That is 5th versus third, 5th in the East versus 3rd in the West. On Saturday, you can catch the Bucks at the Warriors at 7.30 on ABC. And rounding out the week, the Knicks at the Lakers at 8 on ESPN. Moving along to basketball, like I said, it is conference championship tournament week. So it is a little crazy. If you want to go on the blog to see all of the games that are televised, please do. I will only announce again, those that are either ranked versus ranked matchups, which we don't have a lot of. And then I will only announce semifinals and finals. 
So as far as earlier in the week, we do have some regular scheduled programming, but we start the ACC actually begins. They start on Tuesday. Then we have the ACC, the Pac-12, the Big Ten, the Big 12, and the SEC all in action on Wednesday. Tournaments continue on into Thursday. Then on, we also include the Big East, by the way, that will be on Fox Sports 1. So the Big East does enter into televised programming there. Friday, we do begin semifinals with the Big East. Semifinal 1 will be at 5.30 on Fox Sports 1, followed by the Big 12 semifinal number 1 at 6. You can catch that on ESPN 2. The ACC semifinal number 1 will also be at 6 on either ESPN or ESPN 2. Again, kind of those flip back and forth between the Big 12 and the ACC. Then the Big East semifinal 2 will be at 8 p.m. on Fox Sports 1. The Pac-12 semifinal Final number one will be at eight on Pac-12 Network. The Big 12 semifinal two at 8.30 on ESPN2. The ACC semifinal two again at 8.30 on ESPN or ESPN2. And then the Pac-12 semifinal two at 10.30 p.m. on ESPN. Saturday is a full slate starting with the SEC semifinal number one at noon on ESPN. Then the Big Ten semifinal number one at noon on CBS. The SEC semifinal number two will be at 2 p.m. on ESPN. That is also aka 25 minutes after semifinal number one. So I approximated that time, that start time. So it could be 2.30. It could be, it's just 25 minutes after that first semifinal, which begins at noon. Same goes for that Big Ten semifinal number two. I guesstimated about 2 p.m. on CBS. That'll be after 25 minutes after semifinal one. Then the Big 12 final will be at 5 p.m. on ESPN. The Big East final at 5.30 on Fox. The ACC final at 7.30 on ESPN. And the Pac-12 final at 9.30 on ESPN. We end the week with three. The SEC final at noon on ESPN. The American Athletic Conference actually final at 2.15 on ESPN and the Big Ten final at 2.30 on CBS. We have XFL games continue into this week um, as the Houston Roughnecks. They start off Saturday against the Orlando Guardians at 6 p.m. on FX. The Houston Roughnecks have never lost a game. That includes this season and the COVID season that got cut short in 2020. The Brahamas at the Seattle Sea Dragons will be at 9 on FX also on Saturday. Sunday, the Arlington Renegades at the St. Louis Battlehawks at 3 p.m. on ESPN2, followed by the Vegas Vipers at DC Defenders at 6 on that same channel. Like I said, it is a big week in golf as it is the Players' Championship. That is basically what is considered the almost almost a major. This is a huge championship for the players. This is their championship. So, um, it is going to be a wild ride. I love it. And it is known for whole 17. So be ready to watch that. That will begin on Thursday with round one at 11 AM on golf channel. Friday, same time and same place. On Saturday, we don't even go to Golf Channel. We start it immediately on NBC at noon for round three. And same for the final round on Sunday at noon on NBC. 
We do have a little bit of hockey this week as well. On Wednesday, the Blackhawks at the Red Wings. Red Wings will be on TV a lot this week at 6.30 p.m. on TNT. The Ducks at Canucks at 9 p.m. on TNT. Then to sun- Saturday, the Red Wings at the Bruins at noon on ABC, followed by the Flyers at the Penguins at 2.30. Then on Sunday, the Bruins at the Red Wings, I told you, at 12.30 on TNT and the Rangers at the Penguins at 3. For Olympic sports, like I said, I kind of spoilers ruined it because the NCAA gymnastics women's final regular season event, Oklahoma versus Michigan, was today at 4.30 p.m. on ESPNU. Sorry, ruined that, but you can catch the replay tomorrow at 9.30, also on ESPNU. Then the only other Olympic sport all week is Saturday, the FIS Freestyle Skiing and Snowboarding World Cup. That will be at 11 a.m. on NBC. And as always, we do have Premier League soccer, but also on Tuesday, we have CONCACAF matches for soccer. So check out the blog for more on that. That wraps it up for me this week. Again, thanks for bearing with me while I had the odd schedule and the no voice last week. So we are entering the postseason for women's gymnastics, indoor track and field, as well as everyone's favorite March Madness. You know I got you covered. Check out the blog, The Girlfriend's Guide to Sports for more, and I'll catch you all next week.